Hi, I'm Jesse Draper. I am first and foremost a mom, a boy mom to be exact, a boy mom who invests in female-founded companies. Yep, the joke's on me. I'm the founder of Halogen Ventures, a former entrepreneur and creator of an Emmy-nominated television series on technology. My mission is to support women and help raise awareness about the biggest issues facing society, women, and families today, starting with solving childcare. From celebrity guests to founders and politicians, everyone came from a family somewhere. And I want to hear from you, the families of America, on how we can make change because I can't do this alone. Let's get started. We have monumental work to do. Mommy, mommy, mommy. If you love the Hallmark Channel and all things Christmas, you must know and love actress Jen Lilly. When she's not busy on screen, she's a singer-songwriter and focused on giving back to the foster community. In addition to donating 100% of her music profits to create a neighborhood model of safe, loving foster homes through the Tulsa Girls Home, she co-founded Christmas Is Not Canceled, a company that raises awareness and funds for amazing causes and nonprofits. She's a foster and adoptive parent, and her new movie, Christmas Is Not Canceled, is out now. Now. Well, Jen, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I also just want to say, I mean, so we just launched this podcast. I mean, we've done about 10 episodes and you were so wonderful because I reached out to you when it was an Instagram live and you were like, yes, I'll do it. I'm I'm about to have a baby. And you're like, but I'll do it. And you were just so wonderful. And then I'm so happy we finally are connecting here. And I really wanted to have you on because you're doing so much in foster care. You have two adorable kids you've adopted from the foster care system. And I can't wait to hear all about your whole family. But let's start with what is your mom win of the week? And I can tell you mine was last night was a sleepless night. So I'm going to be honest with you. I just keep, whenever I have those tough nights, I just sort of say 80% of success is just showing up and I am here. You know, my kid woke up and he was coughing. We put him on the nebulizer because he has asthma and sometimes this season is pretty bad for him. And it's just like, you know, comes in at one, comes in at four and you're just sort of like going on empty, but they are so rewarding and I'm here. So that's my mom win. <laughs> Okay, so the only thing I could think of is also kind of like yours and that you're like, I don't know if this is a win or just like a, it just, it just is, right? So my oldest child, Caden, who was our first child that we got through foster care and were able to adopt, he goes to, you know, a private Christian Catholic school. We're not Catholic, but you know, I love a Catholic school. There's a lot of morals that are instilled there. He's six, he's in kindergarten. And yesterday he dropped the F-bomb at school. And I was like, so my husband's like texting me on the way home. He's like, we got a note from Caden's teacher. And he was really frustrated in reading and dropped the F-bomb. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how he knows that. And my husband said, well, I told him, buddy, it's such a big deal that in my 41 years of living, I have never said it, which is true. Now I've said it before, but I'm like, Oh, my husband good. has literally never said that word. Okay. Like we don't use this colorful language in my house. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I have this mom hack. You can judge me, but I have a lot of training on child abuse and I actually think it's a pretty good tip, but I don't know. Some people, I don't think judge. Like, this is not a ju judgment free. Like, zone. No discipline. I don't know what people think. 
So one of my discipline methods when I'm cleaning somebody's mouth out is I have a little amber, you know, glass bottle that comes with, I well, I put apple cider vinegar in it because that's really good for you. And it tastes nasty if you're like six and we have to clean their mouth out with vinegar. And so Caden hates it so much that sadly wanted me to take a Nintendo Switch instead, oh. uh, which is awful because I just got him all these games for Christmas and I'm like sweating even like retelling the story. So anyway, so he's lost his Nintendo Switch, but I told him that he could take some vinegar instead and redeem it. He has not yet. But my parenting win was after that, I was like, okay, what else are we going to do that's going to like drive this point home? Because like he's six, he might not know like why this word is so bad. So Annie said it while he was reading and he hates like letters and stuff. So I'm getting to all the parenting wins. I made him write an apology letter to his teacher, which I believe I have it. Oh my no. gosh, please read it. I just like wrote it out and I then I just had him write it like until he filled a page. <laughs> so he was like, dear Mrs. Fallen, I am so sorry for using bad words or I'm sorry for using bad words. So I drew out lines because he's in kindergarten and made him fill the whole page. Very frustrating to him, but drove the point home. I made him give it to his teacher. We might have to write letters to the rest of the class. I don't know. I asked her this morning, his teacher. I was like, Ugh. but this morning I did his workbooks with him and I tested him for dyslexia because I'm like, maybe he's struggling with dyslexia. And so I felt like that was a bit of a, which he did. He did like kind of, I mean, it's an online test, but he really bombed it. So anyway, I feel like that's a real parenting situation. Oh, I don't yeah. know whether I handled it well. I really was like begging him to not give up his Nintendo Switch, but. I know all the listeners have definitely had things like that happen and I do drop the f-bomb in my household occasionally and it's a problem my husband and I are doing like a nickel jar yeah and we're trying to do a nickel jar or something where it's like you can't swear because we both it's so bad I mean the in the beginning one of our sons was like I know what that f-word is and said what it was and I was like nope that's not the f-word and I could sort of deny it for a very long time and then they just pick it up at school like you're saying you know They just pick it up and it happens. And I think it's just, don't say that. I sort of go extreme and I'll be like, if you say that, you might go to jail. And and I feel like mine was so extreme. Like he ended up (laughs) forfeiting his Nintendo Switch. I was like, buddy, (laughs) like you'll never play Nintendo again. Like all you have to do is take the vinegar in your mouth. And he's like, I mean, that's. It's kind of a win, though, that he was like, here, please take my Nintendo Switch. I can't possibly put that in my mouth. Like, it's kind of a win. Anyway, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. So this show is about childcare. And tell us a little about what your family looks like right now and what your childcare looks like. Okay. So both my boys, one's in kindergarten and one's in junior kindergarten. So that's very helpful and keeps them occupied during the day. Then my daughter, Julie, we have an amazing nanny, Ashley, that has been my friend for like 12 years now. And I hired her once I found out I was pregnant. I literally texted her on a group chat with my husband and was like, my boobs feel like I'm pregnant. I'm peeing on a stick in seven days. And I was. And so she she, she was (laughs) Hired basically nine months before she started. So she keeps Julie and Jackie during the day and sometimes is with us kind of during that dinner bedtime routine. And I decided to do that just because, you know, my husband and I are both extremely hands-on parents. Like it's not just Ashley has the kids and we're a, but I just think that when you have four kids under six, you need, you know, a lot of attention and you need, there's just a lot that I can't give my kids unless I can kind of multiply myself. So she's like third parent. So give me all the ages. So you just have, okay. you have a newborn and they're six months 
And then you have a three-year-old? A three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then you fostered for a while. Tell us how that went, how that happened. And how did you get involved with foster care? Um, okay, so in a nutshell, because I could keep you here forever. Please like keep hours us here. Hours of content. <laughs> no, like in a nutshell, I, I grew up in kind of an unofficial foster home, not myself, but like my parents were kind of unofficial foster parents. So when I say that, that means they didn't have their license. They were very compassionate and always were helping a friend or a friend of a friend who maybe needed just help transitioning through life. And so every once in a while, there were kids involved that would come and stay with our family because it was a safe house. And I would kind of call them my foster brother, foster sister. So the idea of having somebody outside of my core family unit living with me was not that scary. And so then fast forward to, you know, being married and I had an interest in being a foster parent because I had originally had this idea that I was like not going to have kids and I was just going to be, you know, a parent sometimes. So I was going to foster. I have such a a passion and a heart for children in foster care. I also have a huge heart for their birth parents because foster care is a cycle, which you probably know from your work. And I don't know whether your listeners know that, but there's a cycle that goes on in foster care. So what I mean by that is generally a child who enters the foster care system, the chances are extremely probable. Like I believe it's like over 90% probable that they're bio parent also grew up in foster care and there's even more of a chance like that it might be third generation like it's very generational and that's because you know when a child or a person is not taught what appropriate behavior appropriate discipline and appropriate love looks like they're bound to repeat those same mistakes um whether it's through abuse or neglect you know there's just a lot that goes on there so So I had wanted to foster and my husband, like so many amazing parents and and fostering and adoptive couples, it's sometimes the dad that wants to foster and the mom doesn't, or the mom wants to foster and the dad doesn't. And and that's, you know, or the partners, whatever the, you know, marital relationship, non-married situation is. A lot of times with couples, one wants to go for it and one doesn't. So of course I wanted to go for it. My husband's like, this is really scary. He associated children with in the foster care system with juvenile delinquency and crime and things like that. And that's a bit of a myth. So generally children who grew up in foster care or who are entering foster care, you know, first of all, they're not bad kids. They're entering the system through no fault of their own, but because they've sustained so much abuse and neglect that the government felt the need to step in and take the children out of the home. And I'll speak to that for just a second because You know, there's also this kind of myth and misconception, and I'm not saying that it doesn't ever happen, but it would be a rare, extreme circumstance. In general, the government is not removing kids willy-nilly. You kind of hear that, you know, that these people, that the social workers are against the parents or whatever it is. But the truth is, is that like, that's a really extreme, rare case. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's extremely rare. You have more, more often than not, you actually have a child who ends up dead, you know, five to to seven children die every day in the United States from child abuse and neglect. And that's because they've gotten call after call after call. Social workers have gone out so many times and nobody pulled the plug. So if a child has actually entered foster care, that child needs a lot of care and attention. It's a terrifying experience for them. You know, they're not told 
why they're leaving, where they're going. You know, so many foster homes, unfortunately, are not like my home. They're not warm and welcoming. You know, there's a lot of weird people that foster and that like, I I don't understand, but there's a lot of child abuse that also goes on in the foster care arena, which is why we need to recruit better people. So seven years into my marriage. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I just think that was the best explanation we've had on our show. So thank you so, so much. I think it was so humanizing too. And you do hear these statistics like, 70 to 80% of the incarcerated today are in, you know, went through our foster care system. And I love how you said, you know, it's, it's of no fault of these kids. It's not their fault. And this is where we can pull them out of this problem. You know, the system is yeah, the you problem. Can the you can break the cycle. And, you know, these are, as one of our other guests said, I said, you know, these kids are property of the government. And she said, no, there are kids. Like we should be looking out for these kids. And it's so true. You know, it's so important. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. But so you and your husband. Uh, yeah, year seven, we, you know, had the seven year itch where we're like, oh my God, how did we get here? Like, you know, I don't really love divorce unless there's major ground for it. And I don't find that your relationship growing stale or cold is a good reason to, to put up a towel in. So in one of our many discussions at the table, I brought up foster care and I was like, you know, I want to foster. And he's like, no. And I was like, well, here's the thing. You're 50% of this relationship. You can still say no, but I have a problem with you saying no to something when you don't know what you're saying no to. And so let's at least take an orientation class and chances are we're going to go, we're going to find out all about foster care and what it involves. And then I'm the one who's insanely busy. They don't even know what day it is most of the time or what city I'm in. I'd be the one that's like, (laughs) yeah, no, we're not doing this. And you're going to be the one that's like, absolutely, we're doing this. We need to step in. That's totally what happened. Long story short, Caden was our first placement. But we did start by being a mentor first. I was a special friend through an organization called Child. So I always tell people, you know, like, you don't have to dive into the pool and become a foster parent. There's so many ways to get involved. You know, lend, first of all, before you even wanted to be a mentor, like take even another step back and just dip your toe in the pool of helping these kids. Lend the surfaces and the God-given gifts that you've already been given. So for example, a lot of people are really good photographers. These kids do not have photos of themselves. Like, they don't have any permanency. They, they pack their stuff in trash bags. If you have a suitcase, you know, donate your suitcase to a foster care closet. Don't donate your suitcase, you know, to Goodwill or throw it out. Like, make sure you give it to your local, like, foster care closet. If you're a hairdresser, like, a lot of hairdressers and makeup artists are now kind of on the trend, thank God, where they're, like, doing the girls, the teen girls who are in foster care, they do their hair and makeup for prom. And that's a huge impact for these girls. I mean, that's the first time maybe they're seeing themselves as beautiful or maybe they're seeing, you know, that they, they're worth that. And so I think there's just so many ways, creative ways. Like if you're a mechanic, you can give a free free oil change to, you know, teens in foster care or foster parents. That's a huge way to help out. So just be creative. I have a lot of things on my podcast, which is like on Everyone has to listen. Fostering Hope. It's so, if you want to learn all about the foster care system, she has this incredible podcast. You have to listen to it. It's amazing. And it's not active right now, but you can go and find the old episodes. And I do hope to produce it again. But as you know, it's just a lot of work to, to, to you have four kids. keep up with a podcast. You have four kids. I have four kids and I run a company and I'm an actress and I'm doing all these things. And so, yeah, it's something I had to give. And so where are you from originally? I'm from Roanoke, Virginia, originally. Okay, great. And so that's where you grew up and kind of, you know, became accustomed to this idea of bringing these other friends into your home. Thank you so much for sharing that. And is there anything of 
in terms of how you grew up, you know, I always feel like you take these things from your parents and you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that with my kid, or I am going to do that. Is there anything different Uh, that you wanted to do in terms of how you grew up versus what you're doing with your kids now? I mean, I have to say I have amazing parents, you know, like any parents, they drive me crazy, but I applaud them, especially now that I'm a mom of four. I'm one of four kids. So me too. I think they did a yeah, I yeah. think they did a good job, but at the same time, all four of my siblings, I don't know if you do this with your siblings, where it's like you know, sibling therapy, right? Where you like get together and you're like, oh, mom, like mainly my mom, <clears throat> my dad was working, so he didn't get the brunt of our criticism, but we'll have mom therapy. Where we're just like, gosh, you know, mom. So the thing is, all four of us are very much like, seeking mom's approval, even though we know we have it. So we're all perfectionist and neat freaks. Like I had to scrub baseboards growing up and things that are just like super not normal chores, I feel. At the same time, I kind of appreciate it because it makes me a really hard worker. And all four of my siblings, we're all workaholics, but sometimes that's really bad too. Like I'm trying to find the balance right now of like, are my kids going to be permanently messed up? Because I mean, that's why I had to hire Ashley. That's why I had to have a nanny. Cause I was like, I work so much that I need you to have some sort of quality childhood, but I'm working around the clock. And so I'm feeling the mom know, guilt, you know, Jen, I'm oh, feeling the mom guilt. You need to let it go. You need well, to let it go. You're doing like, great. I want to be the mom that like makes fresh bread and we have the meals together. And that's, you know, that's a terrible idea. Kids, it takes so like, long to make fresh bread. It takes so long. Just buy it. You're fine. You're doing great. <laughs> one day, one day, you will have time to make fresh bread again, and you can. And give here's it what I'll say that I that I do that my mom never did that I think is really, really, really important. Really important as parents, especially. I mean, I guess as a mom, I think it's really important to apologize to your kids when you have overreacted. Or when you've messed up, I never got like an apology from my mom. And that stinks because there would be times even now as an adult that I'm like, I remember those times because I still think I was right. You know, why did I have to be the one that apologized? You were so awful about that, you know? So I think it's really important to just have a two-way conversation with your kid, but also let them understand that, you know, you're doing your best as you, you can and... Sometimes, you know, I've yelled at my kids before. I think probably we all have. I hope we all have. I mean, it's horrible, but, you know, I think it happens, of course. And and just be like, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm really tired and I'm really hungry. And when I reacted like that, I was upset with your behavior, but there was no need for me to raise my voice or whatever. You know, I think it's important to apologize. I agree. I agree. I try to do that with my kids, but because everyone flies off the handle at some point, you know, you can only hear the word mama. so many times within 60 seconds, you know, sometimes you just can't handle it. And we have, I have three kids and they're all boys and they're all just breaking things all the time. And I feel like you, you know, when that happens and you're just flying off the handle and sometimes you have to take a breather, you know, like sometimes you need to lock yourself in a closet or something and calm down and then come out and be like, okay, I'm so sorry. So I, I feel that I try to do that with my kids. That's such a good lesson for everybody out there. We're human. We're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. So you have four kids. So you grew up with four kids. And are you the oldest? <laughs> I act the oldest. And my siblings, my little siblings call me mom. Sometimes so they're you like, are... you love to play mom. I'm like, well, somebody had to do it. So I mean, 
I act the oldest, but no, I'm I'm younger than my older brother by two and a half years. Oh, so funny. I'm the oldest of four, and then I have it's girl, boy, boy, girl. What are you guys? You have girl, boy. Oh, no, boy, boy sandwich of girls and then boy so I was the oldest girl so I took on the mama hen role really hard <laughs> well you're you're still doing great at the mama hen thing so that's fantastic you know there's so much going on in terms of child care and foster care and I really believe that you know foster if we can solve foster care we can solve this whole child care system what do you think in terms of raising your kids is kind of lacking what ideas do you have to solve child care Whoo, girl i'm you know, here <laughs> I, I i don't know i think there's a lot of great daycares and i think that you should make a community if you don't have family around, like make really good friends that you trust. I think the solutions in childcare are endless. It's just a broken system. I think for me, I'm always thinking, I just feel like if we can solve foster care, that sets us up for success elsewhere. And then also Huge. the things that keep me up at night right now, are why is there a three month summer break? You no, know, most people can't afford to have their kids out of school for that long. Like they can't go to camps and they can't do these things. Something needs to change around education too. And I think about that a lot. Well, you have, you have so much going on in your career. So you have a great new movie coming out. You've done a million Hallmark movies and I know you're doing, you're working with a new network now right? Yeah. With Great American Family. With mm-hmm. Great American Family. And so tell me about Christmas is not canceled. And what else are you working on? Oh my gosh, girl. Basically, during the pandemic, everything was canceled. And if you were like me at all, I can get overwhelmed by the news. Like I don't even watch the news anymore because it makes me feel very small, right? And I want to make a positive impact and I want to make a positive change. And I felt like in 2020, like I just got like paralyzed with I don't know, fear and all of it, a feeling like nothing I do is ever going to matter and I'm never going to make a difference. And that is like such a lie from the pit of hell. So one thing that I'm very good at is I'm good at instigating people to do their part so that it adds up and it makes a big difference. So I kind of, by mistake, started this company called Christmas is Not Canceled. It was supposed to just be, it was like total mistake. It was supposed to be a one and done fundraiser where just for 2020, we were going to say Christmas is not canceled because everything was canceled in 2020, like holidays, people, culture, everything. It was kind of a joke, play on words. And we decided to give 10,000 toys to Toys for Tots. It was also tied in with like my movie that year, USS Christmas, and like the military, you know, and Toys for Tots. I'm like, we're going to promote the movie. I'm like, do some good. And by the way, if you give a toy to a child in need on ChristmasIsNotCanceled.com, you're going to enter to win, you know, the beautiful Balsam Hill Christmas tree with the ornaments and the catered Christmas dinner. Because like nobody wants to make Christmas dinner unless they are one of those women that like make bread from scratch at five in the morning. Just kidding. 4.30 in the morning. My kids are already up at five. You know, I it just was like, okay, give a toy, get entered to win really cool prizes. We thought it was done. And then all of the participants kind of came back and they were like, okay, what are we doing now? Because it felt like maybe I only gave one toy, but because I was part of Christmas, it's not canceled. I gave 10,380 toys. You know, I was part of this movement and I mistakenly created this culture, this community of people that wants to do good. So they came to me and my now business partner, who was just my friend at the time. And they're like, what are you guys doing next? And we're like, what are we doing next? We're waving the right flag. She's a fashion designer. I'm a mom and I have a lot of kids and I'm an actress. Like, I'm not doing anything else ever again. Are you kidding me? Like, we're all raw. We made it to the goal. Like, call me later. Of course, they kept bugging us. And so we decided <laughs> that every Christmas in July, we will fill 
backpacks filled with quality school supplies for children in foster care because there's just so much around foster care and like children dropping out because they don't have the consistent, you know, parents giving them the dyslexia test and making them write their teacher apology letters. So we decided to give them <laughs> backpacks filled with school supplies. When you give school supplies or you give the backpack, you get entered to win super crazy like vacation packages. And then in the fall, we do toys for Toys for Tots and Child Help and Project Orphans. All the kids get like crazy high quality toys. So like you could give a toy for $25, but then we're giving like a toy that's worth $40. So like you can't get these toys just at Target. You, if you went to Target and got like Squishmallows we give, you know, they're $39.99, but you can get them on our site for 25. You get the 25 entries to win every single weekly prize. Like while we're taping this, this week, someone's going to win a luxurious ski vacation with Trevor Donovan, who looks like a walking, talking Kendall. He was just on Dancing with the Stars He's from Hallmark and Great American Family. The grand prize is the tree, the dinner, the gifts, the decor, plus dinner with me and Lacey Chabert and Paul Green and Andrew Walker, like a trip to Hollywood. So we give really cool prizes and all people have to do is give a gift on ChristmasIsNotCanceled.com. So I do work on that year round. And unfortunately, as much as it wants to make me just die and I'm sweating thinking about it, we might extend and do like Valentine's campaigns for teens in foster care and things like that. So we're... We're constantly just trying to do good and make doing good really fun. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is amazing. So everyone needs to go to christmasisnotcanceled.com and, you know, what do they do? Give There's presents. packages on there. They can just buy one and they get entered to win. And so then if buy. That's where we should be buying everything, it sounds like. It's pretty cool. I mean, we do all of our merchandise is ethically handmade and it's super high quality because my, my business partner is a fashion designer. So we have like merchandise we have ornaments we have all sorts of things and then we also we also have something called <laughs> the ultimate baker because my business partner and I are hell-bent on getting to our 25,000 toy goal we're going to give 25,000 toys so we also have like bakers that are entering to compete to see who's the ultimate baker and you can go and you can vote for your favorite baker and if you want to boost your favorite baker who's going to win cash and the magazine cover and a custom sprinkle line with sprinkle pop you want to help them win the ultimate baker, you can also buy a toy by voting for them and that will get to the toy goal as well. So, Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, let us know how we can support and we'll post it and, you know, make sure everybody is buying gifts there. It sounds like such a great organization. I love it. Okay. So we are nearing our goodbye story, but first okay. you have four kids. That's a lot. I mean, I look at my mom, I have three and I look at my mom and I'm like, how did you do this? You know? And what is your kind of number one mom hack? Like what could be something that saves you time? What is something that is specific to you that has really kind of gotten you through this, you know, gaggle of children? I don't know that it's specific to me, but I'm all about the PB&Js and hot dogs, you know, (laughs) and the yogurts. Like my kids live on yogurt and like Nathan's hot dogs. Yes. Yes. You just made me feel so much better about myself. It's like when... I don't know how to get them to eat vegetables. I mean, we put them in smoothies. We do everything we can. The negotiation at dinner is exhausting. Yeah. I mean, my kids used to like vegetables until they went to daycare. So that's, you know, I mean, that's the exchange of childcare is you're like, oh God, their daycare is giving them donuts today. You're like, damn. For no reason. Just because. Okay. Just. I know there are those days they come home. You're like, did you get a, was it someone's birthday today? Like, did you get a cupcake? Great. I feel that same way. It's like so many cupcakes. So, well, okay. So you chose your goodbye story is goodnight moon 
by Margaret Wise Brown. This is definitely a favorite. What, why do you love this story? What does it make you think of? Tell us about it. I mean, I love this story. It's nostalgic to me, especially because like, I suppose my parents read it to me, but because I'm seven years older than my little sister and I'm 11 years older than my younger brother, and I apparently am like second mom. I just have a lot of memories of of reading it. Like I have the book memorized. You know what I mean? My sister loved it. She had like the matching bunny. She probably slept with it through college. You know, like we just always loved Goodnight Moon. And I also learned that the clocks in Goodnight Moon, I don't know if you know this. I just saw this on a reel on Instagram. The clocks are illustrated. So it's like seven to like 7.30. There's a wind down time of... Like, okay, always put your kids to seven and by like 7.30, they should be asleep. Oh my gosh, so, I'll have um, to look at this. The, uh, we read this all the time. Yeah, so pay attention to the time on the clocks. Yeah. Every time you turn the page, it's like a little bit later. I just love it. I think it's nostalgic. I think it's classic. I think it, you know, it just helps kids kind of calm down and, and go to bed. Love it. It's also a very nice length of Yes. Book. Anyway. Oh my God, I get so tired. My my parents read books to me and my husband always makes fun of me because I'm like, if it's longer than Goodnight Moon, you're going to have to read it because I start falling asleep because it's like a Pavlovian response. Totally. We, we won't let our kid play Minecraft yet, but he's obsessed with everything Minecraft. And so we got these Minecraft books and they are very long. So just oh. word to the wise, they are very long books, but good. At least they're encouraging them to read. But Goodnight Moon is a real safe space for me. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> Well, Jen, you're absolutely fantastic. So everyone needs to go to christmasisnotcanceled.com and get involved. Thank you so much for telling us all about your incredible family and what you're doing with foster care. Is there anything else we should know? Golly, I don't know. Just pray for me, y'all. And thanks for having me on. And thanks for being, you know, persistent and and tracking me down. I do really appreciate it. Because if I say I want to do something, then I mean it. I just, it takes a lot for me to be like, yes, okay, now, now. Let's do it now. Well, you were having a baby. You were having a child. I know, but still. (laughs) It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please write us a review if you liked us. Tell us what you think. Follow us on Instagram at monumental.podcast or at Jesse C. Draper and tell us who you want to hear from and how you think we can solve child care. Also, please give us five stars.